you're listening to another inspirational message from Bell Road Church. If you live in the North Phoenix area and are looking for a church community, we'd love to have you join us. It's a great place for the whole family where you can have fun and grow closer to Jesus. For more information, visit us at www.bellroadchurch.com. All right, hope you got your Bible this morning. And if you do, turn to Philippians chapter four. We finally made it to chapter four. Several weeks in chapter three, which is one of the greatest chapters in all of the Holy Scriptures. And I'm really excited for chapter four because there's some really good stuff in chapter four as well. As we continue through the series called Joy Full, which by the way, is intentionally two words. That's not one word. Joy Full is two words. Some people were like, it took me a while, uh, Tyrone, honestly, I thought you guys had spelled or misspelled joyful all this time. And after several weeks, I realized, oh, it's two words, not one word. One word is one L, right? Two words is two L's. It's joy full. How many of you guys want to live a life full of joy no matter what you go through? Anybody? That's the goal. That's what we're, we're learning from this here. And so we're going to go to Philippians 4 in just a moment. But what we're going to address today is something that's very important in today's world. We're going to address something that is an epidemic. Obviously, we're going through a tough one right now, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about an epidemic called anxiety today. And we're going to discuss... The, the crisis that we're in right now as a country of mental health. There is obviously a mental health crisis. And before COVID-19 hit, it was already a huge issue in our country. Now it's becoming an increasingly more prevalent uh, in, in scary ways, honestly. Listen to these stats, actually. Here's some stats about anxiety and what's going on with mental health. Nearly 50 million Americans will feel the effects of a panic attack, phobias, and other anxiety disorders this year. 33% report living with extreme stress. One in three people, that's just how they live life, extreme stress. 48% say stress has a negative impact on their personal and professional lives. Lots of other stats I could go through and other things I could read about. That's all pre-COVID, by the way. That's how bad it was before this crazy thing hit us. Now it's getting worse. They say in the state of Arizona, suicides have increased this year 162%. Drug overdoses are on the rise exponentially. Mental health issues are up over 800%. It's safe to say we are in a crisis. And there is a, a bigger issue, I think, going on than just this COVID-19 pandemic. That's, that's, that's a big deal. But what's even a bigger deal is how it's affecting people mentally and emotionally. And it's causing extreme fear and anxiety. And the good news is Jesus wants to help you. That's the good news. Okay, that's a lot of bad news I just heard. You know, we could go on and on about stats. It would make us feel way more depressed. You're like, I don't need to hear anymore. Like, you know, some of us like, I'm already struggling with this. Give me some good news, Tyrone. Okay, so here we go. The good news is this, and here's what I want you to catch today. The message today is joy and peace are found in the presence of Jesus. Joy and peace, you will find those in the presence of Jesus. And we need more of his presence in our life. Can I ask you this? We sang this earlier, 
But what, it, what would your life look like if you really did become more aware of his presence in your life? And I love those words, by the way. Let us become more aware of his presence. Let us become more. I love that. I think that's a very powerful prayer. But what would your life look like if you grew in becoming more and more aware of God's presence alive and at work in your life? I promise you, you could experience more joy and more peace in your life because joy and peace are found in the presence of Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, you ready? Philippians 4? All right, I am, so I'll go ahead and go there. Ready or not, here I come. All right, verse one. Philippians chapter four, verse one says, Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, this is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. It's a good verse. Uh, it speaks to everything he talked about beforehand, right? He's like, this is how I should stand. This is how you should stand firm. How should I stand firm? We'll just read about everything in chapter three. It's one of those interesting chapter and verse split ups where that probably should have gone at the end of chapter three, but there it was in verse one. We just read it. Let's move on to verse two. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes. And I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. He's speaking to obviously Christians. They're believers. And so let's pause and talk about those two verses right there. Apparently, these ladies are in some sort of dispute. They're, they have a conflict going, and they are not resolving it. And so here is Paul getting towards the end of his letter to his friends at the church in Philippi, and he feels it's important enough to address this. I got to speak to this before I close this letter. I got to talk about this issue that's going on. Now, we don't know what the issue is. He doesn't mention it specifically was just another reminder that these letters that we read, like this letter to Philippians, it was not specifically written to you and I. There's so much we can receive from it that God speaks directly to us from it. That's the amazing thing about the word of God. Yeah. It's like living and active, but we can't forget the context is that this was written to a specific group of people. And so we don't know what the situation was. We don't know how they're handling it. But when Paul says this, everybody in Philippi knows exactly what he's talking about. You know what I'm saying? They know the situation. And so he brings this up. Some people were probably thinking, oh, great, here we go. You know, he didn't want to deal with it. People are trying to push it aside. Obviously, these ladies that are in a dispute are not dealing with it properly. And so Paul is saying, uh, they need to do this. Have them do this. And the verbiage he uses is, um, make them, make sure that they agree with each other in the Lord. He's saying, make sure they get together and reconcile this issue, whatever it is. And this is just another example in the Bible of how you and I should respond to conflict. The biblical response when there's issues going on between me and somebody else or other people is we should get together and talk together and work it out. If reconciliation needs to happen, let's try to reconcile as best as we can in Jesus. It's so important. And so I bring that up for two reasons. One, because Paul did. And two, uh, because Again, it just shows us how you and I should handle con or, or conflict in our life. We, it's good for us to go and talk through it. That's the healthy way of doing it. They, apparently, they hadn't been dealing with it properly. Who knows? They had probably been gossiping about one another, you know, building sides, building their case, and getting a whole bunch of people around their side, and the other person doing the same thing. You know how we can do that, right? And we love it when we can, you know, we're offended with somebody and we get other people that also become offended at what they did to us, even though they didn't hurt them, but you want them to be offended for what they did to you. And so it feels good. 
And so that's why we got to be careful. Don't take up somebody else's offense. If, if someone hurt them, you don't be, oh, seriously? Oh, the nerve. Oh, shame on them. Yeah, I'm mad at them now too. No, you say, hey, why don't you go work that out? That's between you and them. They didn't hurt me. That's the way to deal with it right there. Okay, so I said two reasons, but there's actually three. There's three reasons. Okay, so I already gave you two reasons. The third reason is because it's important for us to understand that this is the backdrop to the verses we're about ready to look at. These next verses talk about rejoicing in the Lord uh, through prayer and petition, being thankful, and surrendering our anxiety to God so that we can receive his peace in our life. Very important verses in Scripture. Very important, especially for today's world. And with this epidemic of anxiety and depression and every, it just it is killing a lot of people. These verses are basically Paul's prescription for anxiety. We need these verses, but don't forget this is on the backdrop of a conflict that Paul is calling out. And so we we got to make sure those are connected. There, he's saying, you know, no matter what, even in conflict, this is going on. You and I can rejoice in the Lord. So let's look at verse four. There, verse four says that right. Rejoice in the Lord when. Always. Not when I feel like it. Not when only my favorite song comes on. Not when I remember, but always. I want to always rejoice in the Lord. And then he says, what does he say? And um, I will say it again. Rejoice. In case you missed it the first time, I'm going to repeat myself here. Okay. I love that. He's repeating this. This is repeated over and over again in Philippians, right? This is actually the 11th and the 12th time he has used the word joy or rejoice already in this short letter. I love what Pastor Miguel said several weeks ago. He says, the things of God are worth repeating. The things of God are worth repeating. There's lots of good stuff in here that are worth repeating. But Paul is re- repeatingly saying, rejoice, have joy. You are my joy. Let's not forget the context of where Paul is writing from. He is in prison. He is in chains. And he's saying, rejoice, always. That's where Paul is, in prison, in chains. And he's living out his words. I love that when I choose to rejoice, and by the way, it's, oftentimes it is a choice. I've got to choose to go there. I've got to choose to put my mind there. And when I do, it lifts my perspective. That thing that I was struggling with, or maybe I just felt a little discouraged or whatever, all of a sudden my perspective is lifted. It's like I can, I, God helps me rise above whatever I'm dealing with, I'm facing, and it, it helps me handle things better. I have a better perspective, a heavenly perspective, an eternal perspective when I look up and I look to him and I rejoice. God helps us do that when we choose to rejoice in him no matter what we go through. So let me ask you this question. Are you better at rejoicing or complaining? Complaining's easy, right? Oh, it's easy to go there. You know someone who has that gift of complaining? Their interpretation of Philippians 4.4 is complaining the Lord always, and I'll say it again, complain. Complain, 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 complain. It's easy to go there. We know that Paul is better at rejoicing than complaining. But as easy as to go there, let me encourage you to not stop. Don't allow yourself to go to complaining. Uh, remember, complaining kept the Israelites out of the promised land. An entire generation missed out on what God promised them because they complained. 
oh, Moses, what'd you bring us out here? To die? And Moses is like, uh, like, not too long ago, you guys were slaves in Egypt. Did you forget that? Slaves. We're going to die out here, Moses. We got no food. What'd you do? At least we had food back there. And they complain, complain, complain. And they missed out on what God had promised them because of their complaining. Complaining will hinder the work of God in your life. Please understand that. Complaining will keep us from experiencing God's promises in our life. Don't go there. Choose to rejoice, not to complain. Really, complaining means this. I'm not trusting God in this situation. I'm going to tell other people about my lack of trust in God. I'm going to complain. That's really the root of complaining. So, Again, not easy, but God wants to help you respond this way. He wants to help you be able to rejoice. Remember, the overarching theme of this whole series is this. Joy is not a natural response to life, but it is a supernatural response to life. God wants to supernaturally help you and empower you to live a life of joy and to experience joy and to choose joy no matter what you go through. If you and I try to live life in our own strength, in our own natural strength, we cannot naturally experience joy no matter what. But God supernaturally working in and through us can help us experience joy. Joy is a supernatural response to life, not a natural one. So to rejoice is a supernatural response to life, not a natural run. Amen? Amy and I have a friend named Kelly Williams, a dear friend of ours, and she has battled 27 plus years uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, it's a tough, tough thing that just, man, it just does damage to your body. There's times where she spends days, sometimes weeks in the hospital in pain. And she goes through things that you and I would not want to experience physically. We got some people that understand this, even connected to our church. It's a tough thing to experience. And she calls herself a 27-year rheumatoid arthritis warrior. That's how she describes herself. She's got a phenomenal blog that is tremendous insight and wisdom on how to deal with life and find purpose in the pain. That's the whole uh, point of her blog. So here she is in a hospital not too long ago. And what does she choose to do? She says, I got my moments. I'll cry for hours. God, where are you? I'm struggling. But it's amazing how God meets me as I go after him and I approach him and God fills me. And here she is in the hospital choosing to rejoice. This is a powerful picture of rejoicing in the Lord always. I could preach for the next 20 minutes on how important it is to rejoice in the Lord. Or we could just look at that. And if you're listening to the podcast, she is in her hospital bed. She's got wires, things connected to her, and she has her hands lifted in the air to God. And she's just another example, another reminder of she can rejoice in the Lord always, even in that moment, you and I can too. And God wants to help us. So let's move on to this next verse here. Verse five says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. So let's talk about this word gentleness. What does the word gentleness mean? It's a very, very important word. It means a temperament that is seasoned and mature. That's what the word gentleness means. It's an attitude of I'm level-headed, I'm steady, I'm fair. If you've got the ESV Bible, it says reasonableness. That's the word that it translates gentleness as reasonableness. So the opposite of this would be to overreact or to panic. 
And so Paul is saying, okay, hey, rejoice in the Lord. And as, you, as you're dealing with things in life, let that first response be joy. Rejoice, look into God, and then don't overreact. Let your gentleness, your maturity, your reasonableness be evident to everybody who watches you go through this. And you and I will show other people how real God is by how we handle the circumstances of life. And people will watch you and see, how can you deal with that with such a mature way? How are you acting that way while you're going through something that I would never want to go through? And you can say, it's God. He's given me the power and the ability to do this. It's him. He wants to help you and I respond in a mature way to not overreact. This is really us uh, having a calm spirit no matter what. And so we can do this because the Lord is near. Aren't you thankful the Lord is near? Now, this really could mean two things theologically. It could be a reminder that that Jesus is going to return. He's going to return soon, which we're thankful for that. And sometimes that perspective is very beneficial for us, right? Sometimes when you're going through it, you need to remember this is going to end someday. This is not forever. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be okay. Oh, and in the end, Jesus is going to restore and make everything right. And we need to have that perspective. That can help us endure the storms of life sometimes. This is not going to be forever. God will restore all this in the end. It will be worth it. The Lord is near. He is coming back and he's coming back soon. That's a great perspective for us to have, right? But also the Lord is near, meaning this. He's not a God who's far off. He's a God who is close. The greatest thing about being a follower of Jesus is this. When you and I say yes to Jesus, literally God himself, his spirit comes and lives inside of us. That, my friends, is like mind-blowing. It doesn't even make sense. Being a Christian is not about doing a bunch of religious duties. It's about actually having God live inside of us and empower us to live this life out. That's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. And the fact that God lives inside of us should actually impact the way we live, wouldn't you think? And so God wants to help us supernaturally to live out these verses that we are looking at right here. Don't forget, you can respond with gentleness and maturity. Why? Because the Lord is near. Oh, he's so near, he's actually inside of you. That's good. Amen? Getting kind of quiet on me. You still with me? Okay, okay, we got two more verses here. Let's look at two more. Uh, Verse six says, don't be anxious about anything. There you go. That's it. Easy. How's that going for you? Anything. He's saying you don't have to be anxious about anything you face in life. Don't be anxious about anything, Paul says. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Okay, there are going to be moments where you and I will feel that worry, that anxiety begin to consume us. Here's the scary thing. There's a lot of people that are addicted to their worry and their anxiety. And that's why we have an epidemic in this world. Because uh, people are so addicted to it, when they're not experiencing it, they will create or conjure up emotions and feelings to worry and stress about something. And they're addicted to that. And that's scary. So so God has shown us, you don't have to be anxious about anything, but we're going to feel that. That's going to rise up. We're going to struggle. I mean, I've battled with that 
quite a bit these last few months, if I'm honest. Even this morning, uh, before the first service, during worship, I, all of a sudden this anxiety is rising up inside of me as so I'm thinking about all the stuff going on. And I'm like, I'm getting ready to struggle. I'm struggling right now, God, with the thing I'm getting ready to preach on. Yesterday, uh, I love to take you know, Sabbaths on Saturdays, and I, I try to stay away from media, different things. I found myself for some stupid reason on Facebook yesterday morning, and I just went there, and, and I was there for like less than five minutes, and all of a sudden, I started feeling the anxiety. I started reading some things, and I'm like, oh, oh, and I'm like, I, I instantly shut it off. I'm like, get thee behind me, Satan, Facebook. I turned it off, and, and, I, and I thought, okay, God, because I, I started, I, I'm honest to God, I started feeling the anxiety rise as I'm starting to read some different things, and I'm like, this is why I need to stay away right now. And I set it down, and I went back to my, I was reading the Bible. That's why I did. I, for some stupid reason, I set the Bible, and I went to the Facebook. I didn't even know what I was thinking. I went back to reading the Word, and I'm like, God, I need your peace right now because I don't feel it. It happens. We're going to struggle. So what do we do? This verse right here has given us insight of you got to take action. You got to make a decision. Here's what you need to do. You need to, with prayer and petition, as that anxiety fills you, that worry fills you, with prayer and petition. So, so Paul is saying, hey, go to God. Don't forget he's right there. He wants to help you. Go to God with prayer. It's easy for us to go to despair, but Paul would say go to prayer. Not despair. Despair is like this downward spiral. It's like a snowball effect that takes us to the deep dungeon of discouragement. Yeah. Or we can go to prayer. Yeah. And petition, which is like urgently plea pleading for God. It's like, God, I need you. I'm struggling. I want you right now. That's petitioning for God. This is you and I taking action, moving forward. It's making a decision that I need to, I need to combat what I'm feeling and what I'm going through right now. That's why I love this. And so I think it's important for you to know that God loves to hear your voice. Do you know that? Please hear that right now. God loves to hear your voice. He loves it when you approach him and you come to him. He doesn't get annoyed with you going back to him time after time after again, like, oh, seriously, again, you're still dealing with this? What's your deal? Haven't you figured this out yet? You know how us parents can get sometime when our kids keep coming back to us, like, mommy, 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 daddy, daddy, I need this, I need this, I need this. You know, like, go watch a movie. I've already watched four movies today. I don't care, go watch another movie. <laughs> Sometimes it can be our response, right? It's like, you know, because we just, dealing with all the stuff, they always just constant needy, 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 and it kind of can get to us. And we have a limited capacity, but good news is God is unlimited in his capacity. He never tires of us coming to him. He's never going to say, oh, seriously, you need to get your act together. He doesn't get annoyed. He loves it when you and I come to him. He wants to hear your voice. He longs for you and I to approach him and to be with him. So, Prayer and petition, we're going after God. And how do we do this? With thanksgiving, with thankfulness. I love that we sang that song all about, thank you, Jesus. It's good for us to never lose thankfulness. And we want to do this with thankfulness because thankfulness and worry cannot coexist. It's hard to really, really worry and not worry to consume you when you start getting really thankful. So you want to do it with thankfulness. I promise you, the more grateful you become in life, the less anxious you'll become in life. 
The more grateful you and I become in life, the less anxious we will become in life. Grow in an attitude of gratitude. And that's going to help you out immensely in your life. We got to have this thankful attitude. All right, so here we go. Let's hit the last verse. Let's bring this home. Verse seven. It says this. So the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That, my friends, is a promise. As you and I make a decision to go to God, he will respond with his peace. He wants to give you peace. Remember, peace and joy are found in the presence of Jesus. He longs to give this to you. And you got to understand, it doesn't say, and peace from God will come to you. No, it's the peace of God. Why? Because God is literally giving you himself. He is peace. That's who he is. That's who he is. In just a few moments, we're going to sing a song. We're going to declare who he is. He is peace. And he wants to flood your mind and your heart with peace. It is so powerful. It is so profound that it doesn't even make sense. You and I can't even describe his peace. That's how amazing it is. Just like we can't describe God. We can't explain God. If we could, he wouldn't be God, right? As he gives you and I himself, we are literally receiving his peace. In fact, what you and I need to do is not less receive his peace, but submit to his peace so that you can experience his peace. Just submit to it. Come on, don't you want more of his peace in your life? Don't you want this? This is God's word giving us a prescription on how to deal with worry and anxiety. But it starts with you and I making a decision to go to him. And the end result is this peace that doesn't even make sense. That's just going to flood our life, fill our life. Friends, we need to be people of his presence. We need to get into his presence so that we can experience his joy and his peace. And if there's something this world needs more of, I would say joy and peace are at the top of the list. Wouldn't you? So let's be people who experience his peace, who are full of his peace so we can take peace into the world. Maybe you're really struggling with worry, with anxiety, discouragement. Maybe you're there right now. This is timely for you. Come on, would you receive God's peace? Like, listen to these words of Jesus. This is Jesus himself. And he's saying, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Again, that's, what, that's, that's the call that Jesus has to the world. Come to me. You need rest? You need peace for your soul? I got that for you if you just come to me. We try to figure it out. We do all these other things. You know, we, you know, a lot of people like to read self-help books and do all this kind of stuff. And Jesus is like, I'm right here. I got the answer. I got what you need. If you and I would just stop and take time and approach him and spend time with him in his presence, there is joy and there is peace. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened and, and find rest for your soul. And then he goes on to say this. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Can I ask you a question? Who are you learning from to live your life? Because Jesus says this, learn from me, come to me, walk with me and learn from me. And who are you learning from? 
There was a few moments yesterday I started learning from Facebook and I thought Facebook's a bad teacher right now. I gotta go back to Jesus. I need to learn from him. Who you learning from? Who you imitating? Who you, who you copying? Jesus says, learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls if you let me learn you. And Jesus learned bad grammar, but great result. And then Jesus said this, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. He said this at the end of his ministry, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Powerful, important words right now, today, in August of 2020. Do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus would say. Do not allow your heart to go there. Do not be afraid. I have peace for you. It's what I want to give you. So you willing to receive that? Do you want that? So let's think about this because we don't want to just read these words and think that's good. It made me feel good for a few moments. Come on, we want to take, we want to live these words out, don't we? That's the goal. We would take this and like apply it to our life and live this out so I can experience the peace of God. That's why we need to get into his presence and be people of his presence more and more and more and more. Let me ask you a question. This is good for us to just kind of think about and evaluate our life. What kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to live a life that's consumed with worry and anxiety? Distressed? Jesus says, don't go there. I have something better for you. Rest for your souls. Peace. Joy. What kind of life do you want to live? What kind of person do you want to be? That's what it is. Who do you want to be? You ever have somebody that when they, when they call or you see them text or they see them approaching, you start getting anxiety within you already because they're always stressed. Now if something's going on, maybe they're the complaining and the Lord always, and now again, I'll say complain. Maybe it's that person, okay? And you're like, they're coming and you're like, oh, it starts rising up with inside of you. You ever, you ever experienced that? If you haven't, my loving caution to you is be careful, that might be you, okay? But... good news is Jesus. Can I say that? Is it okay? <laughs> we don't want to be like that. We don't want to live like that. We don't want, we want to impact people with the peace of God. And first and foremost, we got to experience that peace. What kind of life do you want to live? What kind of person do you want to be? God has a life of peace and joy for you and I, but it's up to us to determine going to live? Am I going to accept that invitation? Am I going to live in that place? It's not easy, but God wants to empower you to do it. It is so worth it, friends. Won't you stand to your feet? We're going to pray. We're going to respond to this here this morning. And I got a couple challenges I'd like to throw out before we, before we go into time of prayer and worship here. Again, we're wrestling with this. What would my life be like if I learned to become more aware of the presence of God in my life? That would radically affect how we live, right? So let me challenge you in just a couple practical things. Would you every day this week spend 30 times in the presence of the Lord? 30 minutes every single day in the presence of the Lord. Or maybe this is a really big issue for you, struggle, you go to anxiety, you go to worry, all that, whatever it is. Maybe you need to do, you need to several times a day, three times a day, at least 15 minutes with the Lord.
This is you and I practicing his presence, becoming more aware of his presence, learning to get into his presence, especially when that worry and that anxiety and that doubt, all that, that begins to flood us. I'm going to go get in the presence of Jesus. That's where I find the joy and that's where I find the peace. Let's do that. That's my challenge to you guys. Let's, let's live this thing out this week. You with me? You with me? Let's pray. Lord, right now we come to you. We're so thankful for your word. And your word to speak so directly to us on how we can experience life with you, not just believe in you, not just know that someday we're going to go to heaven, but to actually thrive in this life, experiencing you and your joy and your peace. Lord, I pray right now that your presence would move, would touch every single one of us in this place, even those that are joining us online, let your presence fill their room and their life right now. We need your presence, Lord. We need your presence more than we need anything else. God, forgive us for going after all these other things. Oh, we don't need more money. We need your presence. We don't need a better job. We need your presence, Lord. We don't need me time. We need you time, time with you. Jesus, we need you and your presence to move and to work in our life. Would you do that right now, I pray. In Jesus' name, peace, peace, joy. With your eyes closed, I just want to give some people a chance to respond to Jesus right now because maybe you've never said yes to him. And it's time for you just to step into that relationship with him and begin trusting him for the first time with your life. Maybe you got to come back to him. It's time to rededicate your life to Jesus. If that's you today, come on, Jesus is calling you to come to him right now. I'm going to pray a prayer. Would you join me in praying this prayer right now? And then if you're praying this prayer, you're committing your life to Jesus and following him, then let us know. Please let us know online or on your connect card. But I'm going to pray right now. Would you join me in prayer? If this is you, pray this along with me. Jesus, I recognize right now I need you. I have sinned. I have rebelled against you. I haven't trusted in you. I've tried to do this in my own strength, my own way. And so I ask that you'd forgive me. Forgive me, Jesus. I put my trust in you. Would you fill me with your spirit right now? Help me, strengthen me to follow you and to trust you every single day of the rest of my life, I pray. In Jesus' name. again for listening to this message of Bell Road Church. We hope you enjoyed it and that God spoke to you through it. Be sure to connect with us online via Twitter, Facebook, and at bellroadchurch.com.